Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Our evergreen podcast series rolls on. You ready to get into this, Andy? Yeah, we're just going to chop it up on some topics. Just chop it up together. Let's chop it up. Uh, Episode one of our evergreen series for the year 2020, our Lord, was uh, math betting math 101. And uh, today we are going to, in a little bit different direction, but a topic that I think is equally as important, if not more important. Applied math. Applied math, but in a different way. Yeah. Today we're going to get into markets and the importance of markets, sports betting markets specifically. And, you know, we, we got into this last week where I was basically like, hey, you know, if you're unwilling to embrace the basic math around sports betting, like give it up, like forget about it. Um, and I didn't want that to be interpreted as if you are unable to build a dynamic algorithm to crunch numbers and spit out predictions, then you can't win. Like that's not true at all. In fact, there are probably people who are long-term winners who really don't use much of a model at all. They specifically are skilled at evaluating the market, knowing when to time entry, exit, things of that nature to, you know, to eke out winnings. Do you agree crab, with that? Crab rangoons. Crab rangoons, things of that things nature. Things of that nature. Am I right? Yes, no, no, absolutely. Some of the smartest minds especially early on the, you know, let's say the two or three year lead up, it took us to kind of get on the horse to be halfway decent at the sort of thing. Some of the people I admired the most were the people who could set a line before a market came out and be close every time. Like that just, it was, it, it's almost like a parlor trick at this point. Cause we, we can do that for the most part, especially in NFL you know, just based off the the information the market gives us, honestly. But like back back when I was in my younger years, when I saw people doing that, I was like, that's more amazing to me than winning. Like the the people who were able to just know a market well enough and set it and then tell you which way it's probably going to go anyway. So yeah, that's uh, I think there's definitely people that beat the market that way. Yeah. And it, again, you know, kind of like uh, of the skill set that I bring to, my you know my experience in sports betting to this point in my life like for sure uh the data science the you know the evaluating a data set the math part of it i feel pretty strong on um but the market part of it is like it's hard this is really hard like if you have a finance background if you're you know maybe you were a trader maybe you're into derivatives maybe you're into you know some some uh, kind of long-term investing uh, crypto and trading even like who knows like if you have the basic fundamentals of like what a market is and how it applies to a given you know area like you're ahead of me on that for sure uh, and you know the sports betting markets in you know with you know they they have their own uniqueness there are you know obviously like we are talking about outcomes that are you know finite and determined and have like clear short-term resolution so there it's a little different than the financial markets but at the same time it's exactly the same is that fair yeah no that's i think that's a that's a good way to put it and you know i guess just stepping back and kind of doing our due diligence here from a definition standpoint from a basic standpoint a market it can be defined pretty clearly as you know any kind of buyers and sellers and kind of the very clear 
Um, an obvious example from a sports betting standpoint is the betting exchanges. And yeah. we're not going to get right into betting exchanges because number one, there's not, you know, lots of them that are, U.S. listening audience can participate. Yeah, in. we so do have we'll, yeah, we do have we'll, a good we'll chunk of internationals. At the end. Yeah, um, it's just it's not something we have here in in the U.S. Uh, market yet. But that's you know, but that's your basic Someday. kind of fundamental, pure example of a sports betting market where effectively you are matching up buyers and sellers on specific events, and the price discovery you know, is, is based on, you know, supply and demand in that way. Um, and you know, the traditional kind of sports betting marketplace where you have a bookmaker who's writing bets, um, you know, for the most part, like there are a couple of very key important aspects that relate to the way sports betting works today that we want to get into first. Does that sound fair? Yes. So let's talk about, uh, and I, one thing I kind of need help describing again because you know again i'm i'm not i'm not uh uh as savvy i'm not as well able to describe this sort of stuff so i need a little bit of help here but like you (laughs) i came to the right place (laughs) yeah no i'm sure you i'm sure you do just fine but so yeah so in general like the way that a bookmaking operation works uh you are making your bets into a market you know a widely available market line and effectively you're trading your position on any given you know on any given outcome you're trading the position that you've gained on that for the information of your opinion is the prices should be higher or lower like it's it's an exchange of information for a financial position really in my opinion and there is somebody on the other side of the counter whose roles and responsibilities are to effectively doesn't matter. That person doesn't matter. That that person doesn't matter. What does to the sports book, the sports book cares a lot about that person because that person's roles and responsibility are effectively making this market in a way that the sports book has a positive outcome from this event. And that know your customer, know your customer. (laughs) So that, that guy's role. And we'll just say like, okay, we'll just pick a, a random, you know, entities, offshore entity and say there's a guy who's who's making markets for you know some college basketball outcome uh it's fair to describe his you know his job title as a trader yeah how How does that work there's different i mean there's different layers and different books do it differently like you know a market making book like pinnacle they have a lot more traders and different roles where you know we all know that there's you see lines come out and then you see the lines come out at the book you want to use or a different book you use. And they're just the same. Like, obviously, you know, I don't know. I haven't talked to the managers at all these places and asked them what, what their staffs are like, but I would, I I can surmise a a market making book like pinnacle has a shitload more traders than a book. Who's just buying their lines, just copying lines from another you know, another offshore or taking them in from a service, you know, that's much different. So I, I forget the original question, but I think, it, I guess it, just it, what is a trader? Like, yeah. So like at, at pinnacle, let's just go to pinnacle. We're going to get to market making books in a yeah. lot more detail in just a second, because that's like a super fundamental, important part of this podcast. But I kind of want to describe and understand the role of the trader a little bit before we get there. So like, what does a pinnacle yeah. trader do? Like, what's his job? What is he? Is it, is he risk manager effectively? Yeah, I guess sort of. I mean, you you take the information you're given and decide how you're moving forward with it. 
And like, you know, I was just kind of joking around with the the ticket writer guy, know your customer, but that's got to be a big part of it. Know your customer, because every bet you're going to take is information and you got to decide what to do with it. Where, you know, you take a, you take a really big bet from two different people and one's just some clown with a lot of money. And one is somebody, you know, who's tied, tied to a sharp group or, you know, they're a long-term winner or long-term, you know, that account beats the market, you know, their, their lines often close at a worse number or a better number rather for them. It's just, you know, you have to decide here's the information I'm given via a bet from a customer. I use my, know my customer information and you know, what else I have in, in that market. If I have any sort of liabilities, maybe in the futures markets that can affect that and decide if we're going to move, move the number, or leave it alone, index it, or, maybe even take the market down altogether. You know, you, you can do a lot of different things as a bookmaker slash trader. I don't know. Did I, did I miss anything that a trader would do? No, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, like you're like, I, I think number one priority, even at a place who's taking, you know, major action, you know, who's taking, you know, meaningful bet sizes. Uh, I think you're, st- you're kind of at your, at its core, you're, managing risk like you are absolutely entire you know you're not you're not there to necessarily enforce your opinion about what will happen in the contest as much as you are you you know expected to uh synthesize all the information you have from information channels and from sports betting wagers that you've got to date to make a you know to make a market that is favorable for the book right yeah I mean, it's a, that's that's the bottom line, I think, and it's a. It's, I'm sure it's a it's a very challenging job. I'm sure it's stressful. I'm sure it takes like probably a decade or more to really get uh, talented and experienced doing that. And this more specialized you are in a given sport, the the better you'll be in it, I would guess. You know, but uh, you know, you're right. Like you can be a player on the outside and study a market well, and you know, have a niche that you understand especially well and you should be able to know some things like okay this opening number is soft this is going to go up or down this is going to move in favor of the home team the away team like if you are uh, especially studious you know as a player on the player side like yeah you're you're going you're um you know your entire role is I need to make my wager. I need to enter this market in the most favorable time for me. While on the other side of the counter, your trader, who is you know who's taking your action, is you know is, is trying to find the most efficient line. So, like as mentioned by our guy Lynn Train last week, so that there's not a good bet to be had, so that every bet is a favorable bet for the house, which is you know really I think their entire you know that's the entire ethos, right? Yeah, it's, so, it's like how we talked about the hold percentage on a futures market. And, you know, the, there's, there's times where you see, you know, you'll see that if you follow the right Twitter accounts and some of them where they'll, you know, bookmakers or some of these guys aren't even traders, you know, they are just, uh, none of them are traders. I really don't think they, you know, they work for the book. A lot of it's just PR stuff, but you'll see tweets like that. Like, you know, when you get to the final four in any sport, they can say, you know, if this team wins, it's a big win for us. If this team wins, it's a big loss for us as far as getting to the championship when they start talking about their futures. And I mean, there's, there's times where you'll see that tweet come out and the book will win on all four. doesn't matter who wins. Like at that point, they're a winner. Like that it's been booked properly. They, 
they did a good job. And then also they got, you know, luck was on their side a little bit as far as the teams that they had big liabilities on going out. And I mean, that's, that's a great scenario. There's going to be a lot of people that get paid out. Like they're going to pay out a lot of money on the team that ends up winning the championship, but it's not going to compare to all the money they've taken in on, you know, the, in the NFL, let's just say the 31 other losers. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, that's, that's best case scenario. And you can, like you just said, you know, that's, that's a little easier because you're taking a 32 way market and you only have to pay out on one, but even in a, even in a market, like a, a game, let's say money line sports, like baseball, you know, there can be situations where they've got enough, even, even uh, coverage on both sides or the number moved a bunch and people, you know, they took big wagers on the wrong side or on the right side in their case, it moved away from that and they're sitting in a good position no matter what happens in a game. And that's kind of what you want to end up doing or mm. you know, take, take position. And there it's, you know, I think that's maybe a common misconception is a, a book just wants 50% on both sides of a game and then they get their 10%. Like it's hard to say that over one game. It, it's, I, and I don't, nobody does that. I don't, I don't think that's, that's a truism at all. It's the fact is that there's what, how many 256 NFL games plus derivatives there's, you know, 2,500 MLB games, however many basketball games, like there's an even, there's an odd number of hockey teams. I couldn't even tell you what the math is on how many games they play. So, I mean, there, there's so many games <laughs> plus all the college sports. Like you don't need to worry about having this, this even coverage on both sides. Eventually shit's going to even out and the VIG, you know, they're just betting at plus plus one ten everywhere. So like you said, managing risk, not getting in a bad position where, you know, they're going to take a bloodbath on multiple games during a day. And at the end of the day, the book should work out because like they're playing with plus plus one ten. They yeah. get the, the vigs on their side. So managing, managing risk, I think in my mind is that it's just, uh, they have to manage it. So there's not a bunch of scenarios where things go up shit's Creek for them on any given day. Sure. So let's talk about a market making book then. Um, because I think, I mean, to, in my, in my opinion, like the, the role of a market making book, like a pinnacle is to arrive the fastest at the efficient line so that when limits are the highest and they will take the biggest bets, they are taking bets on both sides on, on a number that they know to be, you know, close to, if not the final and most representative of the true probability of the event. Yeah. And the market making book itself, you know, Pinnacle sets up, set up this model first that I know of at least 20 years doing this where they were willing to, you know, and this used, I'm sure this used to go on before them. Like there were for sure, they were, you know, I've heard uh, on Spanky's podcast, Tugboat. Did you ever listen to that one, by the way? I have uh, listened to that one, yeah. Oh, God, it was great. Like, he was basically like, yeah, no, we knew that bookie, you know, in New Jersey or New York had the best lines because, you know, Billy Walters and all of these, you know, these three guys who were the best bettors were betting with him. So he knew how to shade his lines in a way that, you know, he was closer to the true probability of the event and, you know, was on the favorable side, right? And if you're in a smaller market, then that's, that's, your, that's your goal, fine. But in, you know, so Pinnacle comes along, they establish this on a broader scale where they are effectively doing price discovery in a way where they are kind of the first people to get the information in terms of betters' opinions, right? They set this up where, you know, we will uh, take the biggest action from all players 
and the earliest action from the important, you know, influential players. And, you know, we then are operating from a position of advantage where, you know, we know more about the way that this market is going to be shaped than any other book out there. And the cycle is pretty consistent and we can kind of look to, you know, kind of a typical, I, I guess, I don't know where, where, where should we start here? I guess we're an NFL podcast. Do you want to use an NFL example? Yeah, and I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there as far as like what I started with saying earlier, as far as the information a trader takes in, you know, you have different kinds of books. When you have a book, like you say, a pinnacle book, a market making book like that, you don't have to sift as much through your information to decide what's good and what's bad. It's, you're gonna, most of it's going to be good. Like the higher percentage of it, especially when you're opening earlier, when you're opening higher limits, you know, you're not going to have bad information or, you know, information to be ignoring as often when it is a book in that, you know, in that position where these are high limit bets coming in early in the market, you know, shitty bettors don't bet openers for high limits. You know, that's just, yeah. you know, people, people are going to have big, big bets that are going to, you know, like uh, you see that during the Super Bowl. We want to talk NFL stuff that you see those huge bets that come in on the Super Bowl, you know, better X and Mattress Mac and this guy. And, you know, even people without names, they bet $500,000, a million dollars on one side or the other in the Super Bowl. Line doesn't move at all. Like that's, that's, you know, that's the big money bets that you see where the information isn't all that useful. It's just somebody with money. Whereas, you know, like you said, in the, in the NFL market, if there are bigger money bets coming in and we'll get to this sooner, we'll talk about the day of the week. Well, we'll get to that eventually here, but the day of the week and the timing of things too, you know, that information is highly useful. And like you said, getting to that, the sharp number, the closing number, the most efficient number sooner rather than later. Yeah. So let's put ourselves in the, in the, in the footprints, in, in the shoes. We'll, we'll put our, we'll put our traders pants on here. Ooh. Let's put our NFL trader. I don't ever wear pants through the record. Now people are getting a look behind the scenes that they didn't even want. Um, okay. So let's put our traders pants on though. Hypothetical trader pants. You don't actually have to put pants on. Um, and and uh, let's, uh, let's open a market for the NFL. Let's uh, let's start with uh, I don't know. Let's just say it's a regular season game. Let's say it's a you know Sunday one p.m. kickoff. Uh, you know two teams. We have you know eight uh, eight weeks of uh, results. We have some you know power numbers that the market kind of reflects. These are the power numbers between these two teams. It shouldn't be that hard to set a line, right? No. So why don't they take fifty grand on the open? Well, because they still <laughs> they, they, while while they have a lot of. Little, like what was your your big old phrase for it? Epistemic uncertainty is kind of yeah, weeded sure. out as we go through the season. You know, the numbers will become sharper and closer. There is still people out there who have information they don't. Ah, yes. And Great that's point. what you were worried about. You were absolutely worried about this. And gosh, you know, we, we pumped this up um, maybe the last podcast and we should have him on to talk about a few certain things and then I mean the book again, but the the Ed Miller, the book. It makes me think because I've actually read it twice now. <laughs> There's so much in it that I already know, and I still love reading about it. But uh, the do you remember the example of the like setting the Alabama at a pick'em when it should have been like twenty six, 
<laughs> you know, no, this is a good example though. Go no, ahead. But it's, you know, I don't want to just completely rip this them is, off. Because we're, we're giving, we're giving yeah, them, is, yeah, yeah, the logic of credit. sports betting. Find this at your book retailer. Listen to it on audiobook. Do whatever. Yeah, if but you absolutely, haven't read that book, just read absolutely that book. get into Jesus it. Yeah, Christ. it'll 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 frame all of this, crystallize a lot of these concepts for sure. And I'm, you know, I'm. This is spitballing a little because I'm not reading it right now. But basically, said like, there's a market, Alabama versus somebody. We're gonna open it as pick'em. And, you know, some better who knows Alabama's like four touchdowns better is going to say, well, I'm going to bet that for the limit. And your limit is low. In his example, I think it was like $100. So you take that, you move it to minus one. You let the guy rebet. He says, I would also like $100 on minus one. And, you know, so on and so forth until you finally get up to a point where it's like minus 27 and you start to see somebody maybe come back on the other side. And, you know, that's a super extreme example. This is classic price discovery. Yeah. But it, yeah, it is price discovery. Exactly. That is the terminology we're going to use for this. And it's the same thing, except much less extreme. You know, they're not going to open up sides and totals that are off by four touchdowns. But at the same time, while you're in your price discovery phase of the week, you don't want to have somebody who knows better than you. And there are lots of people that know better than Pinnacle because they bet for a living and they you know, they're able to eke out small edges across the markets. You don't want somebody dropping 50 K on you for that. You know, you want to, you want to find out, you know, and, and at that point they're left with choices too. They have a, they have a little bit of a decision to make. Do I want to give this information to the books early? Do I want to bet, maybe bet the other side in these small limits and come back with my information? You know, let's just say a total opens 48. Let's go with an NFL market. Sure. Whatever, whatever teams. You, your numbers, your models, your algorithms say this should be like 51. This is an overbet for me. Yep. This what happened to us a lot this year. Yeah. What is, you know, what is Pinnacle <laughs> or Chris taking on a, on a total? Maybe $1,000? I don't really know what their limits are on the opener, but like, I don't that know. sounds I don't about right. Five and one, five K, one K, two B sounds about right. I yeah. think that's what they do. Let's just say one K on a total, and then you know it'll. Oh, I think actually they take two and a half. I, now that I think about it, I think it's five K. Either, two either yeah. way, it's it's yeah. not it's not later on. Well, and maybe we should maybe we should actually use a side. You know, you, it opens at six, and you think it should be you know the team should be favored by seven or eight. Sure. You know, you have to decide: Am I going to bet? the low limits early in the week, give them that information, let them move it, and then still hammer it when the limits go up later in the week at seven. Or do I come in on the other side, maybe just sit and pat. But, you know, at that point too, if you're just sitting pat, you're hoping other people don't see a similar edge and bet it up. And then you don't have any action. You don't have any exposure to the number you wanted. So it's, it's, it is kind of a, it's a game I don't play because I'm not betting 50 K in an NFL game, but it, it's something that really interests us because who knows what's going on behind the scenes sometimes when these numbers move. But as anybody who's listened to the Sunday podcast knows these numbers move. I mean, once they're up at a few books, some of the offshores, things are flying around. I mean, totals, totals can move a couple points that night. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's a bunch of, you know, let, let's say smaller. It's all relative because there are people that are betting, you know, six digits on a game. You know, we're not. But these are relatively smaller bets to these, especially the, the market-making books that are adjusting the line one way or the other. And then once we do get towards, and let's just say Wednesday, it should be Wednesday, when the limits get jacked way up, the numbers have sharpened up a little. A bunch of yeah. information has been fed into the into the markets via these early bets, and 
if somebody still does have an edge on that number, the edge shouldn't be as big and the book can be comfortable taking, I mean, in, in Chris's side, what, $50,000 on a side. And I think sure. clinical takes more than that. So, yeah. you know, when you do price discovery and, and let the market tell you what the number should be, you gotta, you gotta do so. And that's just a different form of risk management, limiting how much somebody can get down on something. So when they give you the information, it doesn't hurt too bad if they're right. Mm. So basically, if you are a professional, it's fair to say that limits and the timing of when limits go up in certain markets and how that influences the shape of the market and your ability to get down what you want to get down and to beat the, you know, the other, uh, you know, sharp players in the space to that number like that, that becomes primary. That, that becomes supremely important to know exactly when and how much and how to, uh, to operate in this space. Yeah. And that's the wildest part. That was one of my top five sports betting like moments to think about. Like legitimately there are people who the problem with sports betting isn't picking winners. <laughs> imagine like, think about that. And there's so yeah. many, you know, and I don't even want to say like, I'm, I'm past that. Cause there's plenty of sports. I couldn't pick a winner to save my life. Like plenty. I can't, I can't bet baseball. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing there. And, you know, and NFL, NFL still, I'm not grinding out like a, a, some huge profits, but like, as you move deeper into this, it's hilarious to me. Like that, that was, somebody would have told me that five years ago and I laughed in their face. But, you know, these, these people that are doing this professionally or they're working with groups or they're even just, you know, rec plus guys that will always grind out some small profits in NFL. Like it's not picking out winners. It's, it's picking out market entry. It's picking out market timing. Like that's, that's the wildest part to me, I think. Because oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, and we, we certainly had winners that might not have been winners if we bet it later in the week. I know for sure I had a couple. Oh, yeah. Like, and you know, I, there it, was it goes, bets I did goes, not make because I didn't because uh, I was waiting for the uh, a limit I was looking for and didn't uh, didn't exactly. get it before the number market moved past me for sure. And, and then that's just goes straight back to the math. I, we, I would, we would get week. questions. We would get questions about this every week. Like we would talk on the Sunday pod like, hey, I really like that over. And then it wouldn't be on my card when I posted on Thursday. People were like, well, I thought you liked that. And I was like, yeah, but you know, the numbers was gone before, you know, I could get what I wanted to get down on it. So it's not fair to count it against my record. Cause you know, I didn't bet it for the same stakes as I bet these other plays. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and, the, and you know, you talk about that, the, the market entry, the timing of it, if that does affect one or, I mean, even if it just takes two winners or two losers and makes them into two pushes over, over a course of a hundred bets, that's so big. Yeah. Like it's, huge. it's so important. We, I mean, we talked to Ed Nas about the math last week, like yeah. the, the market entry, I think, especially if you're not a limit better, you know, no, especially if, you know, Let's even, put a pin even, in to, that, even to the I point wanna... of betting across a couple different offshores, if you want to get more money down. Yeah, let's put a pin in that, though, because I want to ask you about that relative to the college basketball experience you've gone through in the last two years, because I'm sure you have a lot of very specific insight you can shine on this. Um, but the you know going back to our NFL risk uh, manager pants wearing or op- yeah. pants optional, uh, the um, you know I make I make my decision. Okay, first of all, like how am I getting this information? 
like how 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 am I ensuring that I am getting true and correct information from the uh, the betting public, and how am I evaluating that information? It's quality. Number one, I know that I am getting the sharp professional opinion because I'm offering the smallest margins. We talked about this in the math one on one pod. If you have small margins, you are a magnet for people who are. Uh, you know, who are long-term winners because they know that their likelihood of being able to beat the, you know, beat the, uh, the margin is better betting with you. And so you can absolutely, uh, you know, just, you know, offer, you know, Hey, look, we're going to give you the smallest margins on this on market X and you will bet with us. And we have high confidence in that if you're a market maker, right? Uh, number two, we'll take the biggest bet. Uh, plenty of books out there, you know, who you would define as quote unquote soft books, like, they will look at, you know, how you're performing and how you're beating the mark, you know, beating the closing number. Are you ahead of line moves? Are you, you know, are you especially sharp player, quote unquote, sharp player? And they'll limit your action. Maybe you can only get 100 bucks down. Maybe you can only get 50 down. That's not going to pay the bills if you're a professional in this space. Uh, and so kind of by, uh, you know, kind of by design, really, like all the sharks get thrown into this one pool. Is that fair? Yeah. That is kind of a sad reality of it. Because then that's to take my, you know, aha, mind blowing moment and expand on it. That's like the second step above that that blew my mind. Or there's people where, you know, you go from, oh, you guys, you, you don't worry about picking winners. You know, you're going to pick winners long term over a big enough sample. I wish I could do that. And then to the point where not only like that's not even your problem anymore, picking winners, whatever market entry, you got that whipped. Then you're at a point where now I got to find places to bet. Now I, I have, I have a set of games. I have edges. I have numbers. I can win, but they won't let me, they won't let me bet here, here, there, and there, and the other place. Like that, that, that's a, a problem. Boy, when, when, you know, that got explained to me and I accepted it. That was so beyond my comprehension. Like, oh, Jesus for Christ, sure. I'm still sitting here just breaking even on football. But yeah, that is the reality. And honestly, like, there's people that get so worked up about that. But, like, it makes business sense. If you have, let's just oh, sure. take your take your whole pool of betters and uh, split it into capitalism. Yeah, capitalism, you split, let, let's, let's just pretend you have 100 betters that bet at your sports book. One of them's really good and bets limits and beats you. Like, why not just deal with the other ninety nine? <laughs> I mean, it's I've I've owned businesses and it's this way everywhere. And it's maybe not the same thing, but like like five percent of your customers give you ninety five percent of your issues. Like that's how it is <laughs> everywhere. And and you know, in other businesses, maybe it wasn't just so easy to say like, hey, guess what? You're you're cut off. I'm Go firing. Yeah. I'm, I'm firing you as a customer. Yeah, we're just right. not working with you. But in right. this case, it's just like, oh, well, it's here such it is. a gray market. Yeah, you, here it is. We're, market, we're limiting the, you. Right. There's yeah. There's virtually no consumer protection at all. <laughs> That's why the you know the Rufus and uh, and Captain Jack Americans Better Collective. I, I have a lot of strong feelings and, and hopefulness that that uh, you know does help it's fix things because I mean what here. what fun is it to go on a four or five year journey to get to be a sharper player to really craft an edge. And then finally, you know, try to go through a series season where you're going to, you know, win back your lifetime of losses. And one month in, you're limited. Like, that's no fucking cool. That's no good. Like, that's not fair. Right. And so what are my options now? Okay, I got to go find some gray market way to, to, to make money to, so that I can be net net in the black here. Like, what the hell? 
like that's it's 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 fundamentally un un-American, <laughs> really. That there's this the game is rigged against you know the players. Like uh, what point? It's right? it's funny because it's like it is un-American, but at the same time, it, it's yeah, that's so fair. freaking that's American true. that it hurts. It's, it's so capitalistic and it is, like yeah. it's it's cheating. Like I don't know how <laughs> sports books. You, you know what was it? The Greek. Um, and I mean, there's been a few other ones that went over on, over the years. Like what? What were you doing to go under your sports book? Like you were betting, yeah. You were betting, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. You just, I guess, you hire a couple shitty traders, and you have a couple bad months, and it's it's curtains. But man, I oh, sure. And I don't want to take anything away from the guys that do it because I'm sure it's not just as easy as hey, show up to work and collect a bag of money at the end of the day. But yeah, no, no. If, if, if you have the no, right traders and the right risk yeah. managers, like it's it's a it's a cash cow. Oh, dude, if you and me decided we wanted to run a pinnacle model book in the United States tomorrow, and even with like, you know, we went out and hired the best minds we know, like, there is a very good chance we would not be able to be pinnacle at this. <laughs> like, oh, no. maybe 100%. And, <laughs> and I so, mean, maybe, maybe we'll have yeah. somebody on who talks more about that. Like, uh, one of the, oh, God, I'd love to talk to Alfonso about that. But some yeah. of the, I mean, you know, you talk about low, low margin book. I think we should explain that. Like, it, it goes along with the math that we were talking about last week. Yeah, because you know, guess the, what? They, they take they take a lower vig. Yeah, because guess because guess what? If you're not the first, if you're not the fastest, then you're absolutely screwed in this space. And let's go back to our trader trader guy for a second. And let's say, okay, he's lifted uh, limits on uh, on bears uh, bears lines game, and he's taken fifty k a pop. And he has a couple of accounts circled that he keeps an eye on because he knows when injury information is about to be released on Friday, about an hour before this account always hits the handful of sides that move when the, when the teams announce their injuries. I, I guarantee you this happens. And he's, you know, this NFL trader, he's looking at these accounts and pop, 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 like, oh man, three limit bets just came in on the bears. Like something's up, like something big's coming. Like I, like now I know like, okay, that this guy is an injury guy. He made those moves. I'm going to start digging in here. I start asking around. I talk to my other NFL betters. I'm like, does anyone know anything about a lion's injury news that's coming? Cause either one of two things has happened. Either there's a surprise guy in for the bears or a surprise guy out for the lions. Right. Yeah. And you start digging a little bit and you're like, Oh, Stafford missed practice on, you know, last week on Friday, maybe he's not well, you know, and like you dig a little bit and you realize, Oh my gosh, like this, you know, this is coming. He's going to be out of this game. Potentially like the information channels will be buzzing about this in one hour. If I can move my number before you can at your attempt to be the market making book and I can get, and I can start taking, you know, the, the, um, you know, I can start taking lion's bets at plus three plus four plus five, because people are like, Whoa, like all of a sudden now my algorithm is telling me bet the lines, bet the lines, bet the lines, because there's, you know, a, a point, two point, three points edge on this number now, right? You are going to capture all of that value and land on, you know, bears minus six before anyone else in the market will. Yep. And then you now have all of the advantage of having that information first. And you've done it all on the basis of because you were willing to, to you know, put your neck out there in terms of price discovery, you got that information first. And then, you know, there's, it's funny, like you'll, you'll see that maybe people don't see that too. There's, there's a lot of tiptoeing around games like that. And then when it, when the information comes, it's like a flood, 
Sure. You'll, you'll see circled games. You'll see games off the board where they're, the, and you can tell which books are, are willing to find out because oh, yeah. you're, sometimes the, the only way you'll find out is through some bets. Like you said, a, a guy who knows who's going to know more about injury news than you and then faster, you need to take a bet from him. He ain't going to call you. And yeah. you see books who just like, there's a game with injury news. You know, you'll have an offshore that just, oh, we're not offering that one. Or we have it circled. We'll only take oh, 500 sure. on that. For the sure. Book, the book that wants to be the market maker and will, you know, pay for that information, they'll have that up. They might not have it at full limits, but yeah. they'll have it up. They'll have it up and they'll be willing to, like you said, it's advantageous to take those bets that you're probably going to lose, find out early and be the first to move. Yeah, we have a friend who is a specifically who is specifically focused on the college football market last year, um, betting largely in the off screen. But we'll get to on screen, off screen in just a second here. Uh, but largely betting off screen, and he was pretty on the nails. Hey, this one book has the college uh, injury information sooner than any other place that you can make a bet and he was basically like hey look they're fat on this side like they know that this is going to come out in the next couple of days or hours either yeah he was like 90 percent on this like every like th- like it was like uh you know it was like um uh just repeatable like okay this one shop was always you know fat or always lean on any given side and there was any kind of injury question mark around the game, like you could pre- pretty much use that as a uh, use that as a tool. And uh, hey, guess what? As a better, if you're if you have a subscription to an odd screen and you are getting the odds move, you know the odd um, the price um, changing information. If you're getting it in real time, you I'm I can promise you, if you dedicate yourself to staring at that screen for long enough in a couple of markets. You are going to see, okay, these moves are coming. That is some syndicate. That is some player who has some skill in betting dogs or Conference USA or injury information, right? Like you'll be able to pick up those patterns just in terms of when the market moves and, and how and why and where in a way that you'll be able to start to, to see kind of the, the players take shape. They may not have names. They may not have true forms, but just their activity will be apparent if you're looking at an odd screen. Is that, uh, do you agree with that sentiment in general? No, for sure. Especially if you can start putting two and two together, you know, like that's a great example. The injury one's a great example. I don't know if there is a better example than that. Um, The uncertainty behind a game, especially when it's a key player, you know, there's certain players and we've talked about this before too, that aren't worth as much. But when it's a key defensive player, a key offensive lineman, or God forsake, even a quarterback, which, boy, if you ever see a, a book where it's just not offering a, a football game, it's usually some uncertainty at quarterback. Because yeah. even even, uh, even yeah, good that's books, me. That's me. yeah, sure. even good books are just like, man, we aren't playing with that. Do you remember? It just made me, I was thinking about this. Do you remember when Five Dimes did that with a. Uh, it was Keenum and whoever. Oh, it was like, conditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was conditional. Yeah, they, were, yeah, they had. Yeah, they yeah. just said, said we want, we want. They, to, they opened. Yeah, they made two markets. <laughs> they opened two markets. <laughs> they said we want to take action on this game, but we don't, we don't want to get hurt. So it said this is with Keenum. This is with. Uh, I can't even think who the backup was. 
I can't either. Bradford. That was the Bradford Keenum. Oh, Keenum Bradford. Uh, That's yeah, what it was. That was yeah. right. yeah. So you could bet on Vikings Packers, but you could bet on Keenum or Bradford. And if one, if you, <laughs> the line if was you, six yeah. points different. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and you're it like, was oh, different. you want to know how many points Bradford was? Apparently six. Yeah, that was laughable, it turns out. Very, but, very know. laughable on both, both of them. <laughs> So, but it, it just, I think Aaron uh, Rodgers got hurt in that game anyway, too, didn't he? Yeah, that was <laughs> he, like, broke his collarbone. Yeah. But the, yeah, and it was early in the year. It's like, come on, just take low yeah. limits and just just put a number up. But yeah, no, it's a injury injury. Maybe the the greatest example. I can't think of something off the top of my head that you know would change the the complexion of a especially a side quite as much as an injury that somebody might. There's one. Information. There's one. There's one. That you you can if I'm pinnacle if I'm a, if I'm a market maker in a, major, in a make yeah weather that was it if I'm a market maker and in a major liquid sport and I'm handicapping totals for baseball or, or NFL or college football even I think baseball and I, weather yeah, yeah I I for I for sure have a couple of counts circled where I know these guys are consistently correct in terms of uh, predicting you know forecasting what the weather is going to be and how that's going to influence the total and I will move for I will get you know I will absolutely move on there. I'm sure. I mean, I, that, that's my strategy. If I'm a trader, anyway, like, yeah, like, okay, who's moving on weather, and I'm following those guys. We're we're idiots with baseball, <laughs> and we and we even have a weather angle that we bet sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Like, there's yeah, there are people who I can't remember who it was, but Shoot. years and years and years ago, I mean, there was the barometric barometric pressure guy. Yeah, for sure there was. Yeah. Then, you know, that guy made a living on this until like he beat enough, you know, he beat enough major players in the space that they figured out what was going on. And yeah, it's uh it's that those kind of those are the golden angles, you know. Those are that you buy an island if you play it right. And uh, you know, they come along every once in a while. Um we have tons so- of islands up here in Minnesota and <laughs> all the lakes. You can have them all. They're not as expensive. Um, <laughs> get a good deal on one um okay the uh do you guys have mosquito problems right spring summer early summer it's just all flies and mosquitoes not really okay well yeah we totally do jesus <laughs> uh, anyway we're off topic um so yeah if i'm a market yeah if i'm if i'm in charge of trading a, a given market and i'm at a market making book like i'm 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 specifically cultivating information channels that i know have positively correlated influence with the closing number so that I can arrive at the closing number at the correct true probability of a given contest faster than the market writ large. Yeah, it's and, a fucking treasure map. Yeah. Like, it'll lead you in the right direction. If you discover something like this, you can, you know, like you, like we said, like having to pick the side, having to pick winners, having to figure out the side with, with your angles, your algos, your sure. all that. Like what, yeah. What if you could just look at a screen and not to say this is easy, this is repeatable, or this is something that anybody can pick up, but there are instances where you can use the information the books give you to figure out which way the market's going to go, to figure out which way you want to be going, and maybe which way, to, which side you want to be on a little earlier. So. Yeah. So what about uh, let's let's put ourselves in uh, like 15 years ago. Uh, I'm a, I'm just a guy living in Vegas, but uh, you know I want to I want to make a living doing this, and I figured out like, hey, these guys in the Caribbean, Pinnacle, like they got something good going here. Like all I need to do is watch their odd screen, see where they're moving lines. 
and get down and bet it at the counter here in Vegas. And I'm going to get a better price when I know the price is going there. Right. Like if you know which direction the price is going before you place the bet, you have uh, meaningful value in hand. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Should we do a closing line value? <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean no, just, it, but, just, yeah, just closing line just value aside, if yes. the market is going to be, you know, once the market becomes fairly mature, if the market's going to be like Packers minus seven and you are able to read the early moves and get Packers minus five and a half, that's, that's I can't imagine somebody arguing with me and saying that's not a good thing. Especially because they can come back if they're playing limit, play, you know, if they're just trying to squeeze out a little bit of, uh, you know, money to live on. They're playing Packers minus five. They let it, you know, get close to seven on close and they come back with the uh, Vikings plus six, plus seven, right? Oh, they're playing the Bears in this scenario. Oh, they're playing the Bears. Well, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're coming back and uh, they're playing both sides of this market and they're squeezing out arbitrage. There's, there are a number of people in this space who have made a living doing that. And it is probably, I don't know, is it the only way to guarantee long-term winning? It's got to be maddening to books. It's got to be so <laughs> Like, those, those people have to be the most annoying. Like, you know what he's doing. Like, if someone's There's a, doing what's that. The, what's, the, what are the, what's the terminology for these guys? Screen cleaners? Cleaning yes, the screen? Screen wipers. Screen wipers? Yeah. Well, cleaners and wipers. Cleaners wipers. Anyway, all the, what's, what that's predicated on is screen. It's yeah. predicated on the fact that there is real-time information on what the market makers are doing with lines. And there are numerous um, medium, small, large recreational shops that move on air based on what the market-making book is doing. Explain what you mean by move on air, because I don't think everyone knows what that means. Moving on air, they didn't take a bet either way. They saw the market making book make a move and they've copied it. Yep. They are legitimate. They are they are their risk profile did not change at all. But if they don't make the move, their risk profile is gonna change and it's gonna they, be bad. They, yeah, they <laughs> right? you know, it's exactly what just what we explained a player could do in seeing what a market making book or I don't know if it's even a term I'm going to make to coin a term like an indicator book. If you can find something like along those lines, like the example you gave with college football injuries, if you can see an, an indicator book or a market making book move and, you know, as a trader, I'm sure you're paying attention, especially if you're a book who's not a market maker, who, you know, tails along often like that. <laughs> it's the same exact thing as far as you're getting value as the better. If you get ahead of that move, but as a book who is, you know, what, just retail shops. I mean, you call them retail shops. Yeah, sure. If you're a retail shop like that where you're not interested in making the market with big limits and doing things like we, we talked about Pinnacle doing, it, yeah, paying attention to that and moving on air, like you said, is super important to not getting just hosed in the long run. You know, if the true number should be Packers minus seven over Bears and you – and you, you know, you're sitting at five, five and a half with everybody else, and you see it moving, and you do nothing. You're likely going to get inundated because that's what people like me do. I, I do this all the time, especially oh, for if sure. it's something I like. I'm looking. You're looking for that weak antelope. You're looking for the sick one at the back of the herd. And, and there, you, 
yeah, those if your exist. book is that, yeah, they, those they exist. Do, yeah, they do exist, and they spend the most on advertising. Shoot, there's rec- yeah, there are recreational books that won't move on air because they are so good at identifying their sharp customers and banning them that yeah. they are more than willing to leave a, a fat, juicy number out there to let the uh, the recreational because they know their players, they know what side they're going to come in on, they know exactly how to shape their market for their in their favor. And, uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, our friend Alex made that brilliant point on the, what was it? The Tennessee, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but there was a Tennessee game where there was uh, one of the offshores had, you know, was one and a half points off market across a key number. And he was like, I don't even like this. It was the Titans. I can't remember who they were playing, but they were, you know, market wide. It was like Titans plus two and a half. And, you know, there's, there's this one offshore that was hanging Titans plus four. And he was like, I don't even like this play, but I can't not play this. Like this is stupid, you know. Right. It was like uh, I remember yeah, he, he, those he, are freebies. Like he, he chats <laughs> with us, and uh, he brought it up. He's like, I don't want to play the Titans. <laughs> don't even like, like this play, but, but this is stupid. Like, but I feel like I have to. He's like, and I'm going to, and he won, which is beside oh, the point. But uh, yeah. I just, I just remember that like the Titans won. I think they won the game outright. I think they won outright. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was funny that. because it's it's true, and uh, you know, to a whale's point. It is maybe a finite resource. You can't sit and do this to these books constantly. The retail books, the the ones that are slow movers like that. I mean, you can. You bet 50, 100 bucks. Yeah, here they have there. tracking software and they'll figure out if you're this type like, of yeah, player. If, they'll, if, they'll figure if, it out quick. If you're not nailing them for big bets, like you can sit there and pick off, yeah. pick off, you know money to feed you for the week probably. if you're just yeah if you're disguising if, if it you're by limited. then turning yeah if you're if you're turning one of your 10 profits this way into um you know 15 team parlors then you're probably maybe you're okay <laughs> yeah if, if you sit and limit back that stuff you don't get to use that uh whatever i i don't you know like yeah we won't throw people under the bus you know no, i don't want to throw anyone under the bus but uh and and you know and there are like i said like there's give and take here like if you just beat these guys you know if you just beat a retail book over the head and don't like try to in any way shape or form disguise your action like you're gonna find out how quickly they limit players that's all you're that's all you're finding out <laughs> you're you have a very uh very small uh very small turn at the teeth there as opposed to if you, you know, maybe you squeeze a little bit lighter and a little bit longer, maybe, maybe it turns out a little differently. Uh, and, you know, there, yeah, everything, there are. It sucks because <laughs> there's like no answers. You know, we, we get a lot of questions where there's no answers. Where like, you know, somebody can ask, well, what is the right, you know, what's the right uh, formula for that? Like how much should I be betting at, you know, these retail books to not get banned? Or, but I still want to hit some of these soft flyers. Like, I don't know. Like I, I don't work there. I have no idea, man. It's just it's one of those things where you gotta go by feel and sometimes you felt wrong and you're gonna lose an account. Okay. Well let's talk then about on screen, off screen. I agree with all your sentiment, by the way. Um so on screen <clears throat> is pretty straightforward. If you if there are certain offshore markets that engage directly in price discovery. Bet online does it for college basketball. Mm-hmm. But actually, Bet Online does it for a lot. I should. Bet we should on, give Bet them Online a little is better. actually. A little we should give them back. Yeah, we should give Dave, a little pat on the back. Mr. Mason, you're great. Yeah, good on good by I didn't us. Even know what good, your job yeah, good in our book. There, but you're doing good in good. our book. Yeah, yeah, tremendous PR effort on top of you know being a good a, 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 a honorable and reputable place to play, especially if you're a rec or rec plus player. Um, and yeah, they do price discovery. Uh, and you know, just what's what's 
I guess what's important is if you are doing well, if you craft um, an edge in a specific market and you bet into that market at a place like Bet Online, you're going to move the number. And the number's going to move on screen. Hilariously, move the number. <laughs> like, like a bunch. A, a yeah. bunch. You can, it does not take money to move. Because, you know, while we while we are giving them kudos, these are low limits. This is low sure. limit price discovery. You know, two hundred two hundred fifty. Yeah, this is this is the this is the Alabama Pickham example. Yeah, exactly. But the, yeah. but you know, kudos. They still put them up. They still take some. You know, they're still probably taking some a bunch of two hundred fifty dollars bets at a terrible number before yeah. they before they shape it to where it should be. Hmm. And these so, can get over. These can overreact too. Like we'll get to that. Right. So that so that's on screen. And what's happening is because it's on screen, anyone with the Don Best screen, anyone with any kind of odds, you know, SBR free free odds. By the way, if you you know if you're you don't absolutely have to have a subscription to Don Best. By the way, this is not a commercial for Don Best. Believe me, like I've gotten to this point in my career handicapping successfully without ever having a Don Best sub because it's stupid expensive, and uh, I don't know even it's it's not a very <laughs> not a very uh, crisp or impressive piece of tech. By any stretch of the imagination, SBR odds is a, is a fair way uh, to look at an odd screen, in my opinion. And by all means, there are other options that are equally you know, equally worthy. Well, and, yeah, um, don't yeah, re- and don't don't rely on one thing too. Like I no, see no. Uh, Rex Byers tweets this out sometimes when the Don Best screen is wrong. Like oh, yeah. it's a warning. It's Don, yeah. you got Don Don Rex out there looking for us because <laughs> I mean they will have it. Often happens in smaller school basketball where the halftime score will just be dead wrong, yeah. and then yeah. you know you, you might be making a bet with faulty information. So sure, oh, that, or oh, they so, opened so, a, yeah right. Or have they some redundancies. Yeah right. Yeah right. And so um, yeah, so have some redundancies. But you know, on screen was the, really the only important part of this, which is to say, when the market moves, everyone knows. Everyone's looking at that price. They're seeing it move. They know which direction it's going. They know how fast it's going. They know what time of day it happened. They know what book it happened at. All of that is information that has entered the market for a handful of people who are paying close attention. Yep. What's what about off screen? Off screen is everything else. Which I don't know if we just want to sit and list a whole bunch of books, but no, 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 no. Just give me just a general sense for anyone who's like, "What in the hell are you guys talking about?" What's an, what's off screen referring to? I mean, it could it could be as much as just your paperhead with your local bookie. So basically, you're saying if I put two fifty, I mean, in at anything that's online, not a, yeah, if it's not on the Don Best screen, yeah. So basically, if I put if I put two fifty in at uh, Bet Online, maybe the number, maybe the my maybe my uh, my Niagara uh, bet moves from three to four, yeah. or actually, excuse me, uh, plus six to plus five, probably. They're not a favorite. They're not a favorite. <laughs> um, but uh, but what if I do that at uh, my paperhead, two fifty, maybe even five hundred? Hell, you could hit a couple of them for five hundred. I don't think it'd move a bunch of. Them. Oh, interesting. You know, interesting. It's, it's, it's not on the screen, and like you talked about the people, the the screen, and and things are so differently in those really early overnight small school basketball openers or even college football openers on Fed Online. Things things get out of hand on those in a hurry if a bunch of people pile on. Like you will see, you know, let's say a team is a ten point underdog, a bunch of people pile on them, it moves to plus seven. A few hours later, the rest of the market joins in. They're they're gonna open like eight and a half or nine. 
Like they're not opening seven. Like it bounces back. Like they have to. I don't under. I don't fully understand how the market works because it's it's small enough where they can overreact apparently, but they will overreact so far off the market sometimes, and then you'll see the rest of the market open up and everything will kind of reach a nice little stasis. But yeah, like you said, if you're betting off the screen, it's not going to appear on the screen. People aren't people aren't going to know about it. People, no, you know, no, it's nothing, basically nothing silent. You, it's yeah, you, hey. you didn't the, the the receiver of the information did nothing with that information. Yeah. the transaction was one sided in your favor as the player. Yeah, you're betting. You're betting against one bookie <laughs> taking your action on a paperhead, and if. Maybe a bunch of his other clients bet it too. He'd have to move, but again, that's not going to appear anywhere on the screen. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a small enough um, it's a small enough separate market that uh, you can do a little bit of incognito that way. Um, in fact, I think it's pretty fair to assume that there are a number of syndicates out there whose entire operation kind of revolves around. Hey, guess what? We're going to go move the number at a market making book like Pinnacle or Chris against us <laughs> and then we're going to come back on our paperhead network and uh pepper the board on the favorable number that we've just created for ourselves <laughs> i think that's yeah that's the old billy walters trick at least um and i think a lot of people you know you're again it, winning doesn't matter at that point <laughs> right like you're you're getting enough value across all of your plays in a given season that uh you know you're starting with a little bit of an advantage that way um yeah. but winning doesn't winning yeah. doesn't matter but it does because you will like if, if you have great yeah. numbers across the board, like the odds of being such an outlier edge case where you lose aren't that good. Like, no, congratulations. It, happens, it, it sure. will. It can. It will happen. It has, I'm sure. Um, all that said, uh, this is, I think, a very fair kind of way of crafting the market, but there are a couple kind of nuanced topics I wanted to hit on. Uh, specifically, market resistance. Let's talk about this from the standpoint of a pro better. Now, again, all of this is anecdotal. This isn't. Um, this isn't uh, like, hey, I've gotten firsthand experience doing this. This is I've I've gleaned this from talking to professional players that we know and you know who are making limit bets. And you know, you have a you you know you may make I don't know what five, six, seven plays across an NFL card in a given week. Let's say you wait until Thursday, limits go up to whatever they go up to at your market-making book. You're just betting into your own account. You you hit your, your seven plays for the limit. All the lines move. Hey, great job. Job well done. Game over, right? Uh, in fact, let's say, you know, say they, they you see a move after you make your plays, then they keep moving. And they keep moving. And you're like, wow, okay, nice. Now I've got, you know, enough value on across these plays that uh, I've, you know, I'm beating the I'm beating the margin. Like this is an indicator that I've made good plays. Everything feels great. Okay, well, five of what about five of the seven move? But the but two of them don't. And in fact, my agent comes to me and he's like, Hey, yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I can't get you the, you know, if you wanted more, you know, sometimes I know I know you I know we only give you 50k, but you know, it, and you'd, you'd take 500 if we gave it to you, um, but we don't. But, you know, hey, you know, I, I can't give you, um, you know, these prices you wanted on these, on five of these seven, but, but these two, uh, you know, you can, you can keep going if you want, <laughs> right? You can, you know, we'll, we'll take more on, on, uh, on your, your bears plus five and a half if you want, you know, we'll, we'll take, uh, you know, and, and so basically you're saying, okay, well, 
cool. Uh, I guess I'm, I know I'm right. This should be bears plus four. Uh, let's keep playing bears. Uh, and you, know, you go from 50 to 100, 200, 500K, right? Like you can rebet, you can double down. And all this is conceptually kind of under the description of market resistance. There's someone else out there in the marketplace who is sure it's going to be Packers seven. And you're sure it's going to be bears four, right? And you can effectively in these marketplaces cross to the degree where maybe you know one unit isn't one unit anymore right like oh like i actually can get down you know substantially more on some of these positions the problem is almost by definition those are the plays that you have a smaller edge on would you agree with that yeah and just i mean being right as a being a winning better being right being sharp being smart it'll never mean you're right all the time anyway. Of course. You know, of course. to get the resistance, it's just someone disagrees with you. And, I mean, like we say, the best in the world are wrong 40-some percent of the time. Yeah, at least 45, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And so, you know, the, but just the point is, like, overall, like, you know, you can have a very successful season where you are beating the market on – 60, 70% of your plays, that's entirely reasonable. What, what are you beating the market in uh, college basketball this year? 70%? You said? 77. 77% of the plays you're beating the market. Flat staking across all these units, you're making, you know, you're making a mint in college basketball. It's fun. But what if you were like, what if you were a limit player? And what if you only had what you had, but you knew you were being the market at 77% of plays. You have confidence in your process and you're in your, in your numbers, but there are a handful of plays in there where you can get down substantially more on a game just based on the fact that the market disagrees with you. Are you taking that opportunity? Are you going for it? Are you, you, know, are you, are you so sure that your edge is real, that you are willing to go out on a limb for 10, 15% of your plays over the course of the season? And you know, really up your stakes because those, those, you have to ask yourself these questions if you're a professional player because those, that those can make or break your season sometimes. Yeah. No, I don't do that. You could, I'm too, you could, I'm too you could turn, you could turn a $500,000 season into a $5 million season if you hit, you know, eight and eight and two in your 10 plays where you happen to cross with some other syndicate or some other better or some other group that uh, was willing to, you know, to go 10 times your stick. Yeah, I'm too risk averse for that sort of thing. <laughs> and that, that goes to like, it's funny, like a bunch of the questions we get asked and maybe one we'll still get to today is like, man, that depends on your risk, like your risk profile, like how you feel about life, how you feel about uh, doing this, what your bankroll looks like, how bad it'll hurt if you really get hurt, like the risk reward of it. And I'm while I'm confident in my edges, uh, obviously, I mean it's it's doing well again. I'm, I'm <laughs> winning in basketball, but I'm 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 just not that guy that can you know take a handful, let's say fifteen out of the three hundred plays, and bet them for ten times the amount. Yeah, man, what if they went four and six? I'd just be so sad. <laughs> like just it, it just yeah. takes all your hard work for the whole year and just f's you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's and it can happen in a small sense. I like, like you that. know, the, you know, but what, this happened. No, what this, mitigates, the, the you know, what you can mitigate. Is, that you can yeah. mitigate a lot of that risk just by. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of this really is just that. 
Yeah, the whole point of this is just that this happens. There will be plays that you come up with where you think you have an edge, and there will be massive market resistance. And I don't know, you you have to think hard of, is my edge real? Is this the correct side? Is there something I'm missing? And if so, you know, if you if you're confident, if you feel like you have the right side, and you're going to get the, you know, you're going to win out. Like, yeah, by all means. But uh, I'm with you. I don't. I, I've never been in this situation before. Um, it's just it absolutely happens, and you know, sometimes you know, the guys who are at the very top uh, of you know of the you know the, the sports betting kind of stratosphere, the uh, you know, they know who is on the other side you know, they can figure out who's on the other side of these and they can you know facilitate uh you know head-to-heads big free uh crosses in a way that uh you know at least takes that margin out of it <laughs> and that definitely happens um then those must be fun games <laughs> so uh i can't imagine oh i God. can't either i, I can't either it hurts my tummy thinking about it i don't even like <laughs> i don't like the feeling between um outlaying like 10 bets and the first game starting, like just thinking about like, because <laughs> I'll always sit there and do the math. I'm like, what if I went 0-10? Where would I be at for the year? <laughs> I'm not even a worrier, like in general, but I'm always just like looking at the numbers on that. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, I posted a five-play card and being like, just give me one win, and then whatever happens after that is fun. Because <laughs> I, I won't I'm go like, on five. I'm like so yeah. happy once I get to even, – even on an even-numbered oh, card, yeah. I'm so happy if I'm at like break-even. Like, yep, got him. <laughs> Got another, him. Day, another day where I don't go into the trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, you know, I think, I think if you're bringing something new to the table in terms of your approach to the handicapping, if you're, if you are on, you know, if you're ahead of the market on in certain areas, like for sure you can facilitate a massive amount of winning this way. And I know that for, I'm sure that there are syndicates who exist out there. who That's how kind of they got their start. That's how they, uh, you know, managed to, you know, you know, make their series a basically <laughs> in this space, which is, uh, you know, by taking those risks and having the actual edge and going up against someone whose edge was gone and they didn't realize it. Um, so with that said, uh, the market powerful, influential, uh, there was one of a couple other topics I wanted to hit on that were market adjacent that I don't know if they're worthy anymore. Oh yeah. One of, yes. Um, sorry, sorry about that. I got distracted. Um, Let's talk about a little bit about, uh, like the. I guess just if you were to to entirely handicap based on the market itself, you could. This is going back to the idea of you don't need a model, you don't need to you know scrape data, you don't need an algorithm. You just need to be able to evaluate what's going on, right? You can pretty well. I, I suspect I can tell you for sure we've weaved this into some of the kind of the plays we made in the NFL this year, for sure. Like you see a number go up, you know that the market is still under accounting for some aspect in the change in the coaching staff, change in the coaching approach, change, you know, improvement on a specific player level, like a contribution from a guy who wasn't you know, who wasn't getting snaps for the first six games is wasn't reflected. Like you for sure, those Sunday pods, we look at the numbers and you can tell, Hey, those are going up. They're going one way. Um, and you know, you can basically be ahead of a market correction. Is that reasonable to say? Yeah. And it's fun. And the opposite is true as well. Correct. You can be ahead. Uh, you, you can observe the market 
in, you know, observe it, you know, absorbing new information in terms of game results and see it overreact. You agree with yeah. that? Yeah. You do see some of that. How do you weave that into a handicapping approach? If you're, you know, if you're str- strictly a market-based handicapper. I, I don't know how I want to answer that, but it's making me think of something else. <laughs> um, and this is, I'm going to answer your question with a question about something completely different. Cause I think sure. we're going to fight. We're going to get to the answer. Do you feel less good about a bet, a late bet? Let's say the market, a market opens at 48. You bet it early, early enough where you get the limit you want. It moves to 50. You got two points of CLV or you got the, you got the number you wanted. And even if it moves just a little bit, another, another market you want an under on it's sitting at 48, it moves to 50 and then you take the under. You think that you disagree with the movement and you bet later in the week, but you got the number you wanted and you're confident in your handicap. I always feel worse about the second one. Always, yeah. Because other and, people, and other people disagreed with me and uh, moved yeah. it, and yet, and still, and like I'll win bets. I'll, I'll do they deserve to be buyback? Yes. Do you feel comfortable being the buyback? Not really. Being, being the buyback, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, being the buyback yeah. is an uncomfortable position, and yeah. I think, I think it's something you got to get more comfortable with, like betting player prop unders. Like there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things that good betters do that are uncomfortable. And I'll go a step. I'll go a step further and I'll say when I'm on the side of the buyback and the buyback manifests in line value, then I feel great. If I'm on the side of the buyback and I'm the guy that was balancing the books and they didn't move the number, I don't feel great. (laughs) Does that make sense? Because like the late late market info is some of the sharpest. Really? Because again, you know, as we talked about, like the like if 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 a if a number if a number at a market making book is moving on freaking Saturday or Sunday for the NFL, like somebody with a very meaningful opinion is weighing in. <laughs> like it's not, it's very rare. You know, it's very rarely, in my opinion, that those moves are not informed by sharp the sharpest players among us. Yeah. I, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's still uncomfortable. I hate it. It feels, but yeah, no, it feels if because like because uh, betting into early numbers and getting a big, immediate, obvious confirmation from the market that you were correct feels like amazing. Like you, you just that's like a glow, right? Like yes, I freaking knew it was going to go. It was, it did. It's the right side. I'm sitting on an absolutely beauty of a number on the correct side of a key number. Like this is, there's no way this is coming back. Like, yeah, that is a glow. And the opposite is a much more uncertain. Like, boy, I hope other people agree with me and the buyback is from influential players and this number comes back down. Right. Yeah. And that, that's the hardest part too, is like, and I don't think there's an answer to this question or a solution to this problem. Sometimes you'll just never know why a market moves. You oh, yeah. might not, even if you are so well connected, you just might net, you might see, you might be able to identify where it came from and make some guesses, but sometimes you just have no idea why a market moved and yeah. it, it feels bad. It's, it's funny. It, it goes back to the, you win a play, you move on. 
you lose the play, you go back and look at why you lost it. Well, you should be doing both things. You should be looking back at why you won and what you were right about in the handicap. The same should go for movement. Like you should, you should not just look at why a market moved against you. You should look at why a move a market moved with you, where it came from. Who do you think it? You know, who who do you think this moves came from? What what kind of influential money was coming into the market? It, it should be. You should look at positives and negatives the same, just like you do with wins and losses when you're when you're reevaluating plays. Like it yeah. should always be in your mind and you know wondering why certain moves. Were. It goes back to you know the injury thing. Identifying yeah. indicator books and deciding where moves are in, originating at. So it, it is tricky because there's a lot of information. You're yeah. you're doing a 500 piece puzzle with like seven pieces. Yeah, I mean, for all you know, some syndicate out there just went uh, you know 15 and two in the first week of college basketball, and they're facing the reality of all of their accounts being closed unless they put limit plays across all of the NFL games that day. And so what did they do? They went to Pinnacle and they covered their ass and flipped coins. <laughs> like that's entirely realistic that that has happened in the last year <laughs> that we heard about. And those numbers moving, seeing it in real time was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's not always information. It's not always sharp information that's moving these things. <laughs> and yeah, without a doubt, like there are people who are mar- you know market makers in terms of their opinion in the NFL who you know we've never heard of before, who will never be heard from, who you know only uh, you know operate in a handful of you know the you know just accounts that you know play limits across uh, you know a couple of market making books, and you know they make their money every season and move on, and you know this is that's how that's how they they live their life. Just a lone wolf. Yeah. Not communicating with anybody, you know what they they get they usually get figured out too. Yeah, in a in a highly liquid market like the NFL, I don't know. And that's the I guess that's a good final point to finish on because we've gone on and on and on on here, and this has been a fun conversation. We've prattled. Um, but with that said, uh, liquidity matters absolutely matters. Not all markets are created equal in sports betting. This is, should be an absolute no-brainer. A market that is taking big limits, that is taking lots of bets, that has an enormous turnover, enormous handle, is going to be, by definition, more uh, more predictive, more efficient, and uh, you know, stronger signal in terms of likely outcome than a market that is, uh, you know, only you know a small portion of players are playing into, and that doesn't generate a lot of liquidity, and that never really gets that efficient. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned that before with closing line value. Closing line value is obviously much, much, much more uh, indicative of you know a sharp move, a smart move, a good bet in a liquid market. But I mean, the same goes for everything you just said about liquid markets compared to you know much smaller markets. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Uh, well. Good pod. Oh, the, yeah, the only other thing I want to touch on, and it's a question I get a bunch uh, numerous times over, you know, bets I make or bets other people have made. Like, how big should this How big should this be before I middle it? Like, if they make an incredible <laughs> bet or even just a good bet and it moves for sure. five points, like, should I middle this? The answer is I don't fucking know, man. Like, it, <laughs> it, it depends, you know, it depends on what, like, what, you can just sit there, you can be happy with a very good number and look at it as long-term you made a great play and it's probably going to win more often than it loses. And you should just keep doing that. Or yeah. you can take a shot at a 20 to one, you know, you can, you can take a shot at hitting two bets. Yeah. You can you also need just to hit, uh, juice. 
you have there's a specific math equation you can calculate your what edge you need you know what what edge do you need on this on this buyback bet uh in order to you know to facilitate making that play like this that uh, there's a math answer to this for yeah, sure there is, there is. Um, and i would say just from like a betting psychology standpoint it's too late to be asking yourself after the move has happened and you're now thinking about it, right? Yeah. Like you need and, to have, you kind of need to have a strategy on the front end. I to, to nitpick too, like to yeah. say that there's a math answer is inferring that your edge is a true, a true number. Whereas sure. an, an edge is something, an edge is your perception. It always will be. Like you, you can never say an edge is a perfect number, but I mean, if you do have, if you do have a good model and you, you, you have a proven winning track record and you trust your numbers. Well, there's I mean, a math. It, it's, a, there's, it's the same thing as Kelly, I guess. There's a math. Well, I mean, you can use a distribution. Yeah. You can use a yeah. distribution. No, no, forget, even, forget even that. Like if there's more than 5% win probability baked into the numbers you're talking about on either side of this market, then you, yeah, then the math answer is true. That will happen once every 20, one out of every 20 times. Like the market is telling you that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that that in that sense, there is a math answer. Like if you have over five percent value in your number, um, you know, in terms of implied win probability, then you should be good to go swing away for a middle. Um, yeah. But more than that, I think you do need to have a consistent strategy and do it regularly, and not just kind of pick cherry pick because that'll that'll I, drive yeah. you that'll drive you crazy. It will. That's what I told somebody once too. I said. You know, not even taking in, you should narrow it down. It was like an NBA game, and he had like a five-point middle. And I said, just if you look at every single NBA game ever, the the number of games that land in that middle of, you know, Team A winning by those amount of points, it's much bigger. It's much bigger than 5%. Yeah. But, you know, but at the same point, like, how many are you going to do this a bunch? If you're just going to do it once, it's a one-off thing. You need to do it a bunch to make that end up paying for you. Yeah, right. Which is where it comes to like that asking the question in the moment is you're, it's too late. Like you needed to have a strategy on the front end, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I'm going to beat the market this many times. And when I beat it by this much, I'm always going to shoot for the middle. And one out of 20 times or two out of 20 times or three out of 20 times, we'll hit it. Those will be amazing days. Um, okay, that was good. That was fun. I guess. I bet so. And, yeah. And I, uh, yeah. disclaimer: like we're we're not experts. We're not professionals. No. This is not. just this is stuff we've learned. This is for your entertainment. We're, we're just trying to. Uh, <laughs> this is right. Just trying to uh, explain. We are how not we financial feel. advisors. <laughs> it should be obvious at this point. We are not financial advisors. We wouldn't be doing a free podcast with no advertising. <laughs> If we were into the finances of this. Um, yeah. So that was fun. I kind of want to do a whole nother podcast on market resistance at some point. I feel like yeah. I didn't get into that. Market, enough. market resistance is a tricky topic. It is. Because again, like, too, it's hard yeah. to explain the different kinds and like yeah. why. Because like how as you, a free, how you should as, feel about it. Right. Like as a person who posted free plays for five years, somebody and, and you know, anyone who uh, kind of has dived into the kind of the murky water that is the efficacy uh, of touting will know, like at some point, you know, if you're looking at my card on a Sunday, the only numbers that you can get are the ones the market didn't agree with me on. <laughs> so like, 
those are the bad ones, presumably. Yeah, do, do you really want to bet those? <laughs> do you really want to bet the bad ones? Like, no, not really. <laughs> like, yeah, four of them went with me, three went against me. Like, guess which three you can get now? The three that didn't go with me, those might be my losers, right? Like, you know, in the long term, like, I have seen that signal in my plays, so I know. <laughs> so, yeah, and same, you know, same thing goes with, like, if you're, you know, if you're betting your own picks before you distribute them to your subscribers, if you're touting, like, yeah, if half of them move and half of them don't, guess which ones your your subscribers are going to get? The, the the half that suck. So, yeah. yeah, it's tough. That's why the tote model's tough. <laughs> Among many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's fraught, fraught with ethical dilemmas. Um, all right. Well, that said, let's wrap it up. Good pod. And uh, we have an amazing guest coming up on Wednesday. We'll be probably one of our best of the entire offseason. Cannot wait. And uh, be sure to tune in because you will not be disappointed.